0: Hello and welcome to the New Species Podcast. Today's episode will be part two of what will be an occasional conversation on this podcast about the taxonomic impediment. Part one was in episode 21. Today I'll be interviewing Dr. Lubomir Penev who founded Pensoft Publishing and a journal that I use very frequently on this called Zookeys. Let's get started. New Species, the podcast where we talk to scientists about their discoveries of organisms that are new to science, but not necessarily new to nature. We talk to the authors of these studies to get behind-the-scenes stories, to talk about why these discoveries should matter to everyone, not just scientists, and to help people better understand the wonderful biodiversity of our planet. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast. Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Patrick, and today I'm joined by Dr. Lubomir Penev the managing director and founder of Pensaw Publishing and a professor of ecology at the Bulgarian Academy of Sciences in Sofia, Bulgaria. He's here today to talk to me as part two of what will be an occasional conversation on this podcast about the taxonomic impediment, which is the shortage of trained taxonomists and curators needed to identify, describe, catalog, curate, and organize species and species collections around the world. I introduced this topic in episode 21 when I interviewed Dr. Jason Bond of UC Davis. Lubo founded Pensoft Publishing, which has become one of the premier publishers of biodiversity discovery, including New Species. Welcome, Lubo.
1: Welcome, Brian, and thank you very much for uh, inviting me to your really interesting and uh, very helpful
0: podcast. Thank you. I, I hope that it's helpful to people. I'd like to think that we're providing some information to not just other scientists, but to the general public and helping to raise their awareness of these important topics. I don't think most people understand that new species are described almost every day of the year. Literally, there are dozens to hundreds of new species that are that are published every day of the year. And it's through journals like the ones that you've established. But before we get there, please, can you give me just a little bit of background? Tell people who you are.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm a taxonomist by... University education, so I graduated the uh, Sofia University uh, as uh, a specialist in taxonomy and uh, systematics of Elateridae. These are a family of click beetles, and I also was doing some work on carabid beetles. Uh, and uh, after that, I uh, went to Moscow to the Russian Academy of Sciences, where I made a PhD on biogeography with uh, um, a famous biogeographer and my teacher, this is academician, Yuri Ivanovich Chernov. And, uh, but my biogeographical work was uh, actually done on the example, or using carabin beetles and elateric beetles and some other soil invertebrates, uh, invertebrates as object of study. And uh, this is how it, it it started. But from the very start, I was also interested in uh, uh, databasing, in computers. So, if you ask me to to determine myself, I would say that I am taxonomist by soul, by and uh, by a geographer by interest, and maybe data scientist by the strong belief that it is so much important for the advancement of science.
0: So I love the part where you say you're a taxonomist by soul. Yeah, yeah, by <laughs> <laughs> well love as well. You, you've kind of encapsulated a lot of what it is. I, I mean, you're one of these people who I have always known about since I first started getting the science in the mid-1990s, uh, and particularly when coming into the 2000s, some of the software that you had done and then, of course, when you launched the the journal ZOO Keys with Terry Irwin, there's a there's a lot that, you know, people should know know about you, but that's mostly us academics and scientists. Can you tell us a little bit, why did you establish Pensoft? So you have this broad background where you were into, and of course, it's a beetle scientist, right? For everybody out there listening, there's a, like a million species of beetle. And Lubo is one of those guys who worked on those. He worked on click beetles and carabids, as he said. And you took this and you took your interest in programming and in computer databasing and biogeography and taxonomy and you wrapped it all into a single publishing group called PenSoft. Why did you establish PenSoft? Most of us are pretty happy to just be a professor and go on about our life. Why did you create more work for yourself?
1: Well, I, I, I will be happy as well. But when I returned back to my country from Moscow, it was uh, the time of transition uh between the old system and the new system. And at that complex, complicated time, I wasn't able to find a job here in science. So I stayed unemployed and I had to do something. Uh, and I started business. And it was uh, a trade business with pipes, with wine, with some other stuff. And from that business, I earned some money and decided immediately to to get back to my science, and the straight way to that was to establish a scientific publishing house, which we would publish, entomology, taxonomy in general, and also after some time, also general biology, ecology, biogeography, and some other things. So, the reason is, I would say, a bit prosaic. I just had to do some business, and then Turned this business into something I really love to do science publishing, which is in a direct and very straight connection to to my own science
0: your your publishing house has published did see if I remember this correctly over a thousand books right Yes uh, we started as
1: a book publisher uh, and we published uh, really a lot of titles, a lot of books uh, for biologists from uh, Eastern Europe and Russia at the beginning because uh, they really need to be published in English. Uh, Before that, you know, it was only in local languages or mostly in local languages or in Russian, in Russia. And then it was a good decision because the world was very much interested in what is happening behind the Iron Curtain, including taxonomy, in systematics and in biology in general. So it was, uh, uh, I would say, a good decision, and uh, we published books for many years, and we published uh, probably you know that pencil series Faunistica, pencil series Floristica, a lot of catalogues, a lot of uh, revisions, a lot of monographs on different uh, taxonomic groups or on general biodiversity issues, but with with uh, the development of the internet, um, it. I, I, I saw that the book business, because we had to do some business to, to pay our costs and to maintain our stuff. I, I was just seeing that this business is not really going very well already because the people prefer to copy books, to, to take PDFs, but not to buy print, printed books. And then I decided to establish uh, our first and still our flagship journal, Zoo Keys. It was in two thousand eight.
0: Yeah, and you created that then, not just in response to the decline in books, but but because of, there was a need for these biodiversity journals, right? It was
1: a need for them after the success of Zoo Taxon. Zoo Tax was really overcrowded. This is really excellent journal and the first first piloting journal, and I have a lot of respect to it, of course. But it was a need for something which would respond more adequately to to the development to the innovations in the internet environment so this is this was one of the reasons and the second reason was that as a scientist by background i need to do something new all the time so it's it's a strong internal and personal motivation to seek for something new to do something innovative and that's that's how this company pensoft i mean was established and was running over all those years just by driving innovations. That's why it is still on the market.
0: And the innovations that came with Zo Keys are really interesting. So uh, we were talking before we started recording about some of the innovations that come with it. It's a highly, what we would call, an integrative journal. It's not just a PDF that's put out there. Instead, it's a very interactive experience. And so you can go to the website, you can actually bring up a, a one of the journal articles, and there's a lot to start clicking inside of that journal article. You can do so much more than what you can do with the PDF. Tell us a little bit about that. What else can you do? Say, for example, in just a typical, I've described four or five new species and published it in, in Zoa Keys. Tell me what we can do in that normal type of manuscript that you can't do in a lot of other places.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, the, the true innovation was that soft was first to invent the XML publishing for biodiversity and also for in other science of other other uh, topics of biology. Um, it happened because uh, I was feeling that to publish a PDF is fine, even if it is open access this is of course a very good thing to do, but it is somehow not enough because people get really overloaded with information, with PDFs from all around, uh, uh, from PDFs scanned from libraries through, you know, biodiversity heritage library did that. So it's a lot of PDFs, and it's very difficult to handle them, to read all of them, to extract the information from them. So we came to the idea, and also thanks to our good friends from a Swiss NGO called PLACI, established by my good friend, Donat Agusti. So we somehow came together to the idea to start publishing through XML. XML is a kind of computer language, computer code. And if you tuck in the XML of the article that this text string is a taxon name, then computers can read that this string is a taxon name and nothing else. So add some semantics to The background in XML of the text of the article. That was the innovation. After that, it was developed into, into a routine publishing technology and system. It is still running very well and uh, some other journals start to use it. And I'm, I'm very happy about that because I think it was a kind of real progress in the way we publish and use the information.
0: All right. So to this point, we have your background. We know that you're a taxonomist, a biogeographer, and a, and a database junkie, mm-hmm. somebody who loves the database world. And we understand why you've established PenSoft. Let's get to the kind of heart of this. I had said that this interview is going to be a little bit about the taxonomic impediment, which is a, a critically important topic that I don't think a lot of people know about. How do you think that PenSoft just as a publishing house, not just ZooKeys Keys or any of your journals, how do you think Pensoft has impacted the taxonomic impediment? Well,
1: we provided, we provided a system which, uh, which made possible to distribute this information much widely, in much, you know, a much wider manner than just to send it to scientists. Because in the, in the past and even now, the taxonomists sent their PDFs to their fellow taxonomists, and this is the old dissemination distribution they do. Of course, some journals go to libraries, but if it's if they are not open access, and many of them are still not open access, so one should go to a library or request a PDF or pay for it. So the first thing we did is to start open access from the very start of our journals. We have only open access journals. This is the first thing. The second thing is when you have this information separated into... Different, different segments in the XML, you can distribute it automatically to different data aggregators, which means the information reach, reach more users, being their data aggregators, being their scientists, or uh, just general uh, users uh, who are interested in that. And the third point, the third reason is that We have a strong PR department from the very start of existing of our journals, and we do a lot of PR for taxonomy through posting press releases and using social media to explain to the people how important actually taxonomy is for studying the biodiversity on our planet, and also especially to preserve our biodiversity.
0: You know... uh, colleague of mine another spider individual named jeremy miller and i remember jeremy telling me about uh an innovation that pensoft had done and he was working with you on this where you could take and this is where i'm going with this uh where you could take basically from the time i collect the specimen in the field to the time it's published you can do all of that in one system uh the i believe it's your arpha system right a-r-p-h-a right the the point of it was, uh, as Jeremy had explained it, and as I have seen and witnessed, is it's extremely efficient because one of the problems with the taxonomic impediment, one one of the issues, it's, it's one of many with the taxonomic impediment, is that uh, there's just not enough time to be able to do things. And Jeremy was actually in the field collecting specimens with students and in real time getting sequences from those students and then being able to assemble a manuscript that eventually got published all in one system and i think they had it submitted for review before they even got back from their trip in the in the caribbean Caribbean, as i recall so that's an amazing speeding up of the process Uh,
1: first it was not on on the caribbean but in southeast asia but uh, but it doesn't, really it, it doesn't, really sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he's worked in so really many places. It's crazy, uh, right? So. But uh, apart from other things, this pilot had, had uh, um, a very important educational impact and effect because all those 25 students have seen how taxonomy is working in real time from finding the new spider in the field. And Jeremy's, uh, very experienced taxonomist, and he can say very quickly, <clears throat> well, very quickly depends on the group, but he he can definitely say this is a new species, and this is not a new species in the field. Then they studied that specimen, they made some photos of it in the uh, field station, and all the process then made description, described the species as its uh, uh, normal practice in taxonomy, and. All the process was done together with the students who became co-authors of that paper. So apart from the innovation side of this system, which allows to do that, I find the, the effect of this article, um, on the students a really strong one because the students were exciting, excited to see how it works in, in real time. They were published exactly. before they even got Exactly. <laughs> and all this all this speed was actually uh, provided or ensured not just to be very speedy in, public, in publishing new species but because because Jeremy was behind us a very good taxonomist uh, uh, behind this project and also other taxonomists agreed to make a quick review but rigorous review on this manuscript and our system allows once the manuscript is uh, uh, already uh, accepted to be published even next day.
0: The speed at which that can be done. I mean, that has to be one of the, the and and the flexibility of that has to be one of the reasons why, you know, I think that Pensoft is helping with the taxonomic impediment. That's just my opinion. I'm, I think most people, I don't, I don't know who would disagree with me on that. There might be somebody out there, but I think that it's definitely helped with the taxonomic impediment, there's a, there's a number of other blocks that are in the way. And what else do you see as problems with the taxonomic impediment? Like, why does, that, why does that impediment exist? Why is it that we have so many problems describing new species as quickly as we find them?
1: Well, Brian, this is a really, really long story. I will try to summarize it, at least how I understand it. Why this happened at all? why the taxonomy became a problem, yes.
0: Yeah, that's a very broad question. That I, I think, just asked yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> yes, but it's a really important question. So I think it started some, somewhere in, in the in the 80s uh, and 90s when somehow the funders oh. or the decision makers decided that the descriptive science is not a real science. And taxonomy was considered a kind of descriptive descriptive science those people just describe bugs just like uh, they collect uh, post-times. So it, it was a kind of perception which was which start started to dominate in the society in, in between among the decision makers and also uh, in the scientific circles. Uh, phylogeny is a science because it puts some hypotheses, and also uh, those hypotheses should be should be justified by scientific methods. And to describe a new species is just a kind of uh, a basic work. I don't know where this came from, really, but this is what we have now. Taxonomy is something which serve, should serve, let's say, people who do phylogenetics, who are normally also taxonomists. And hence, taxonomy doesn't deserve much funding, because those people do only their job for pleasure. So they go to tr- the tropics, they collect some music, some plants, they describe them, this is something like a hobby. Again, this kind of perception in the society or among the decision makers finally influenced the way the science of taxonomy has been funded. And it has been funded badly badly and badly so that we came to a situation when taxonomy is really underfunded although very important science
0: and not just underfunded but if you if you stop funding it or or reduce the funding to it you reduce the number of people yeah, going into it yeah so the number of taxonomists yeah, actually decreases of course
1: yeah the only solution to solution to that is that First, taxonomists, or some of them, also should somehow look at the problem um, not only through the funding possibilities to resolve it, but to change taxonomy into more integrative science. And it is happening now. A taxonomist is a person who should really consider all possible characters to describe a new species or to classify a new species or, or to make a revision of a group. He or she should use basic taxonomy, alpha taxonomy based on morphology, but also ecology, also bionomics, also genetics, of course, in first line now, and many other things, many other things. So the only solution to, to this is to show to the society and to the decision maker, decision makers that taxonomy is actually a very advanced science and This is, of course, very important science. This is other story that it describes the biodiversity on our planet, which is rapidly disappearing.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy because when I talk to anybody who's listened to this podcast, when I talk to people, the most common word that you hear is integrative. There are very few studies that are purely descriptive. There are, of course, a handful of them that are that are purely descriptive, but normally it's one or two species yeah. here or there, and, and they say, well, yeah, we know that this is where this goes. But more often than not, they're doing very, what we would call integrative biology. They're using DNA, they're using behavior, they're using ecology, mm-hmm. they're using morphology, which is, you know, the shapes and, and everything of the organism. So I think that there's a, I agree with you, There's a there's a pretty large public misperception about what taxonomy is but it's there's always a the part that really gets me is it's very popular with the public when you say that you described a new species like i could talk about spiders all day and everybody's just like ew spiders but as soon as i say i described a new species everybody sits up what wow that's really cool that's really interesting i think there is excitement about that in the public but it's just poorly communicated uh, i think generally to the public as a whole, right? Most people are like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So beetles, spiders, oysters, coral, whatever. But when you start putting the word new species, with it, the phrase new species with it, then people become excited for some reason. Uh, I think it's because it's just new and innovative and, and they, they, they see that there's something else there to grab onto. That gets me to why is this topic so important to you personally? You, you went to the trouble of creating a pretty complex system for all of this. What is your personal attachment to it? It's not just scientific. It, there's always the scientific inquiry, and you mentioned that earlier. It's like your brain has to keep working. But there has to be more behind it when you have that kind of drive to move forward. What drives Lubomir Penev?
1: Well, actually, what drives me? In all my life, including my my publishing business, is the fear that something will get lost. So this is this is internal. This is personal. This is a very strong fear that that if we don't describe a new species and the species is going extinct, and this happen this happens every day. We all know that the public knows that it's such a pity. It's just a unique creation of the nature. And it is going extinct just by that, with, with, with all its connections to the external world, with all its special biological or any other features. And I, I somehow, I can't really accept this, what, what happens with uh, uh, extinction by so easily. That's why I decided to do something to describe as many species or at least to provide the system to describe as many species as possible and to do it in a very, very efficient and also uh, after uh, a good, rigorous scientific review process. The fear of extinction.
0: Yeah, fear of extinction, right. And as Jason Bond had pointed out, you know, taxonomy is a lot more than just species description. And we talked about this too, right? You have to make sure you're including biogeography, if if possible. You should be including DNA if possible. There's so many different facets to it. This gets us to why do you think, so I know why it's important to you, why do you think biodiversity discovery in general is so important? Obviously, we're, we're racing against a clock to try to at least get names on things before they go extinct, But but taxonomy is so much more than just putting a name on something. Why do you think it's so important that we keep up this biodiversity discovery? Well,
1: the trivial answer to that question is that biodiversity actually serves the planet and serves the humans. And the second part, I don't really like this, 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 this kind of explanation that biodiversity is important for the humans. That's why we should, that, that's why we should preserve it. No, uh, again, biodiversity should be preserved because it is a creation of the nature. It's, it, it has the rights. To exist just as the humans have the rights to exist on this planet. So I consider these two worlds, the human world and the biodiversity world, having the same rights of existence. This is the first thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great and, uh, answer actually. This is the first thing. Of course we can we can come to many other strong reasons, such as ecosystem services, such as the support of biodiversity for actually all human life but I think the main point is that this world should exist and be preserved by one of those biodiversity members, the Homo sapiens species, who considers him or herself most advanced species on, on Earth and it is so. So that's why the responsibility of humans for preserving the rest of biodiversity is so high and so important.
0: Unfortunately, we're not very good curators no. of our environment, uh, but but we could do better, I think. And I think that people are aware of that now, that we need to do better. The, the last question I really want to ask you as we get into this is, how do you think the taxonomic impediment can be solved? This is a, another big, big question, I understand, but it's... <laughs> You know, these are the questions I want to make sure we get to on on to each person I bring. Well, there is short
1: answer and long answer. The short answer, which you would hear from email lists from discussions, is funding, just funding. No, no. Of course, this is important, but the funding is not enough. It's not sufficient. What should be done is to continue to explain the society, the people, to all people, how important the science of biodiversity is, because this science is the fundamental ground for saving and preserving the biodiversity, and saving the biodiversity is the fundamental of saving human lives. So the society should really get to it, should really understand how important is this for them, for themselves, not just for some bugs in the tropics. and. We see now in the, in the time of global changes, we see how something happens on the Antarctic or let's say in the tropics and affects people and ecosystems on the other side of the world. And once we, we get to it, then we will probably, we'll probably understand how, how taxonomy is important and how it should be really supported by not just by funding, by but by by support from citizen scientists from all the society.
0: I think that's probably the best answer that anybody can give. Really, uh, it it echoes the conversation I had with Jason Bond. It echoes the conversations I've had with other taxonomists throughout the and by and ecologists and scientists throughout the world. Really, funding, of course, is always key, right? If you throw enough money at something, you you will attract people to it, and and you'll be able to to solve more problems look at vaccinations, yeah. right? The, we threw enough money at that and and enough know-how behind it that we were able to solve the vaccination problem for the world, at least developing the vaccine relatively quickly. Uh, and it's it's not that we can't do that with taxonomy, I don't, in my personal opinion. I think we could definitely add more funding, but you're right. It's more than that. We also have to understand that we're still caretakers of this world. And we need to do something about it so in order to do that you have to get the public behind you yeah if you don't it, it, all the funding in the world won't matter if nobody thinks that you should be funded The problem is is you have to make people think they should be giving us money and then they have to tell their representatives and governments give them money yeah
1: <laughs> and also also how the funding is being spent is important because you can True. mask so to say funding for taxonomy which actually goes to some areas of genomics or phylogenetics, which, in my opinion, cannot be considered, let's say, uh, a real taxonomy. I have nothing against this kind of advanced sciences at all. So don't get me wrong. But but how a good phylogenetics uh, could be done without a participation of good taxonomy? I simply can't imagine that. And it happens all the time. And Sometimes, sometimes, not sometimes, actually I'm very much convinced in that, that to describe new species is not less important than to produce a phylogenetic tree, which after describing or finding some new species will be completely changed. The first thing is something something you do forever. The second thing is just a kind of stage in the advancement of science.
0: And that's... A fantastic way for us to wrap this up. I want to say thank you, Lubo. I know that you're very busy. Uh, you have a lot on your plate that you do every day. And I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a real treat getting to talk to you. So thank you for your time and thank you for coming on the New Species Podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brian, to you as well uh, for inviting me and also for all you your work you do for advancement of uh, taxonomy and also for popularization of taxonomy in the society through your podcast
0: well i hope that some people are learning something anyway (laughs) maybe i'm having an impact i don't know but well hopefully i do they do
1: they do be sure
0: they do some do great well thanks for your time again Lubo. yeah thank you very much brian (laughs) to learn more about dr lubomir penev see the episode notes And to learn more about PenSoft Publishing, follow them on Twitter, at PenSoft. That's at P-E-N-S-O-F-T. Or see the episode notes for links to their Facebook page and the company, as well as a link to Dr. Penev's webpage. Be sure to follow New Species on Twitter, at Podcast Species. And like the podcast on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash New Species Podcast. And if you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast.